Matthew 16, verse, starting at verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, sorry, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? For what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's what's up. You guys nailed that. Awesome, blossom. So today is. Anybody know what today is? Sunday. <laughs> For anyone else who is more than awake, it is Transfiguration Sunday. So this is an exciting time for us in the Christian calendar. Um, what's that? Professor I, I got it. I don't know. Maybe. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Anybody else? Harry Potter references. Get them out now. Um, so today is Transfiguration Sunday. Today we are turning the corner. Um, it is the last Sunday of the season of Epiphany, right? And uh, from here further, uh, we're going to go into the season of Lent on this journey. Um, and so it's interesting. The Gospels kind of separate themselves like this. Uh, right, the first half of the Gospels, you're in this season of Epiphany. You're kind of uh, discovering who Jesus is, right? Who is this Messiah, right? You're, you're, uh, there's this unveiling, right? And then you get to Transfiguration Sunday, and then it turns this corner. And from there on, the Gospels are about uh, this journey toward Jerusalem and this journey toward the cross, right? So we're at this sort of like middle point, uh, sort of this really cool place here on Transfiguration Sunday. Uh, and so I hope you guys, we're going to have a pretty... Uh, Rockin' Ash Wednesday service um, this Wednesday night uh, with Lakemore, so if you guys can join us on that, we're all going to probably face our mortality and some stuff like that, so it's going to be cool. I noticed our palm tree here is like almost ready for Ash Wednesday, if you guys didn't notice, like it's like 
just dying just in time, you know? It's like, uh, just burn me and put me on your heads already, you know? Just, just, it's just almost there. Uh, that's, that's, that's how that happens, actually, if you guys know that. So, um, uh, so, anyway, we got some ground to cover. So, the beginning of uh, um, Matthew 16, the Pharisees are there, and they're like, hey, give us a sign, Jesus. And, and Jesus is like, wicked generation. The only sign you'll get is the sign of Jonah, right? The life, death, resurrection, essentially, right? Uh, you get no sign. Um, and so, that's an interesting thing, right, here on Transfiguration Sunday. Um, and so, uh, then you get to verse 13, uh, in your text, chapter 16, 13, uh, Jesus kind of powwows, uh, with his, with his disciples, uh, says when he came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And so he's referring to himself and, uh, who, who is, who's everyone saying I am? Right. And so this whole identity search, this whole time of epiphany is kind of culminating there finally uh, with his disciples after all this time. You know, it's a little bit of the elephant in the room. Uh, you know, uh, they're like, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Uh, somebody said Tupac. You know, we don't know. Uh, you know, and they're sort of like, you know, they're sort of like this, this, this elephant in the room. There's sort of like this awkward silence. You know, you can just sort of insert an awkward pause there, and uh, and then Peter answers right. In verse 16, he says, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." throw that out there. You ever been one of those moments where like maybe you're in a conversation with a good friend and you guys are just sort of talking about stuff and maybe spiritual stuff or just whatever and you're just like a little bit over your head and then you just like come out with something and then you're like oh my gosh where did that come from? Like that was like you know you're thinking to yourself like that was epic. You know you ever done that before? You're like I have no idea where that just came from but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna claim that. You know I was like that was from somewhere else and I'm just gonna own it. You know I wonder if that was kind of like what this was like for Peter. It's like, well, that that was in there. Like that that was going on that I've been stewing. Jesus answered him. He said, "Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven." Is that interesting? It's like, was this like a test, Jesus? Is this like, is this like, is Jesus being tricky at this point? You know, is Jesus like trying to gauge the depth perception? of his disciples at this point in, in the journey together, uh, right? It's like, how much seed is hitting good soil here with these guys, you know? Is there any produce coming from the field with these disciples yet? Like, is anything getting through? Um, sometimes I think truth, even unbeknownst to ourselves, um, is sort of like, uh, it's sort of like in there, right? It's, it's uh, kind of on the tip of our tongues, uh, it's like we know what everyone else is saying, uh, but what's really going on inside of us, right? Is there is there something that that uh, have, have we encountered the divine and has that changed us and, and can we speak it? Is it ready to just kind of come out, uh, right? Is it sort of like in there, ready? Verse eighteen says, "I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, uh, which if you're actually reading it in the in the language, it's Peter again or rock because Peter means rock." And uh, he says, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Some really cool stuff in here. I'm not going to get into all that in another sermon. But um, uh, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> right? So you get this kind of cool text. Um, 
You get this moment, and Peter confesses this about Jesus, and apparently it's this revelatory message from God, like God like God like hired Leonardo DiCaprio and they did Inception on Peter and Peter and it just came out, you know, and it's like this is not from God or from you, this is from from God, you know, and uh, like God does his best work that way. I'm telling you, it's 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 this crazy thing he's got going on. And so actually the Church of the Nazarene has a name for this. Um, this whole Leonardo DiCaprio factor. Um, it's called Provenient Grace. It's really cool. And we actually believe this whole thing happens where God does inception on you. Anyway, another time. It's really cool. Think about it. Uh, and so this whole thing happens, and then Jesus um, says to his disciples, Hey, look, whatever whatever you, you, you bind on earth, you bind in heaven. Like, you can, like, tie heaven together and earth. You can, like, tie heaven and earth together. You can, like, you know, he like tosses them the keys to the kingdom. He's like, drive it, you know, take it. Don't hurt anyone. Buckle up with both ways, right? And so you get this, this cool pericope, right, where Peter gets this divine epiphany. And the disciples, like, you just like, oh, heaven and earth is not as far as away from one another as we thought that they were, right? Uh, as it turns out for them, and as it turns out for Peter, this is kind of like a, a thin place, right? Um, you guys ever experienced like a thin place before? Where it's like the layer between heaven and earth, uh, it's like particularly thin. It's like almost like you can like see through it or touch it at a given moment. Like you're particularly close to the divine, uh, right? You ever experienced this? At a, at a given time, right? It's like you're very close. It's like it's like there's no static on the call. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's just just there. Right? A lot of times we associate these with like sort of like bigger moments, uh, or like where a child is born. Um, I've actually been to some funerals uh, before where you're like, oh gosh, or or like you see. Your spouse walking down the aisle, kind of thing, right? And it's sort of these holy moments and these awesome moments, uh, right? And uh, we 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 typically uh, talk about these moments that are, are kind of like that because because you're like fully in them, you know what I'm saying? Like moments that like draw you in, and you're like with them in the moment, you know? You're there, and you're like present, uh, right? That's like a thin place almost. Like uh, some of these moments. Uh, just come to you. You know, it's, it's almost like just like getting sprayed with water. You know, it's like it's, I'm sorry, I totally water. Uh, you know, it's like it's like the kingdom is it's like so near. It's like such a thin place that uh, that you don't even know it's coming. Like you're like, oh, I think I just got, I think I just got nested with the kingdom. <laughs> you know, you're like, you know, it's like oh, this. This is good. What's going on here? Like, yeah, it's like holy water. You know, it's like a thin place, right? All right, we'll keep going. Uh, so uh, you got a little, little holy dew on your face right here. So uh, Jesus is sort of, sort of gauging where his disciples are at, and then he invites them into like this next level stuff. Like he's like, all right, we're gonna go a little further, right? We'll see what you guys got, and, uh, and so we're gonna skip ahead a little bit. And I'm reread this text just a little from Matthew 17. You get this like crazy moment. Uh, we call this the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, and it says, a few days later, Jesus took Peter and James 
and his brother John, right? It's like the A-team, apparently. And he led them up a high mountain <clears throat> by themselves, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became dazzling white. And Moses and Elijah came down. And you sort of like wonder, uh, right? And it, and it tells them, like we read, this is Moses and Elijah, right? But, but it doesn't say like how you knew it was Moses and Elijah. So there's there's a conversation that we don't have. You know, you're just saying like, yeah, hey, how's your mom? You know, and like, what's up with the chariot? You know, you keep your thing gassed up. And, you know, you don't really know how you know this Moses and Elijah, but you certainly you know, Moses like still has the commandments in his arms. So like, oh gosh, somebody hold these, you know. Uh, we don't know. Uh, but Moses and Elijah were there, and they were talking to Jesus. And uh, and then Peter, right? And, and I love Peter. Peter is the best disciple because like, he just puts it out there. He doesn't care. Like, uh, you know, we're just looking at the, the walking on water. You know, it's like he actually asked Jesus, like, hey, if it's you, tell me to come out there. Just like, all right, come on. He's like, I'm in. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, gosh. You know, like Peter just does it. He's just, he's just like, I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to ask this. So, so he's like, you know, I think we'll be good here. Three dwellings. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Right. And you're like, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, until the voice, right? Bright cloud overshadowed, uh, overshadowed them. From the cloud, a, a voice came. Uh, so you get this cool Trinitarian image here. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Does this sound familiar? That's almost uh, verbatim uh, what the, the voice said to to Jesus at his baptism, right? We get three extra words here. Just listen to him. <laughs> it's like interesting. Sort of this continual uh, validation, right? So you see there's this culmination happening of this season of epiphany. Like, who is this Jesus, right? We're getting it from the disciples. We're getting it from uh, the voice. Elijah and Moses are coming down. There's this collective validation who is this Jesus? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it says they were overcome by fear. It's a common thing to happen, the scenario. And I love what happens is Jesus comes and he touches them. Right? This is what, uh, it's actually what Jesus does like every time he heals somebody and stuff like that. He, says, he puts his hand on their shoulder and he says, Hey, get up. Don't be afraid. And so uh, they look up. And nobody there except Jesus. Uh, so, whew. anyway, transfiguration. That's, uh, that's, you know, I marinated on this. We have to preach this passage, like, every year, guys, because it's, like, Transfiguration Sunday. You know, and you're like, man, what is going on here again? You know, like, what is that about? Like, Jesus goes super saiyan or something, and you're like, you know, we're like, what? What just happened? You know, what does this mean for our lives? I don't know, you know. And uh, it's just like this incredible, uh, this incredible story, uh, right? Um, you know, it's interesting because at the beginning of the last chapter, the Pharisees are there like asking for a sign. Like if he would have just done this for the Pharisees, they'd be like, game over. They're like, okay, you're God. You know, uh, that's not how it works though, right? It's like this moment you're like invited into, uh, right? And so actually the genre of the text actually changes here. It's uh, now the, the genre of, of, of the whole thing is now what we call like apocalyptic, right? Which means it's revelatory, which means it's uh, un, unveiling things that are hidden, right? They're sort of like this pulling behind the curtain 
uh, whole, the whole genre of the text just sort of changes uh, here at this moment, uh, right? And so Moses and Elijah are there. So the Jewish people believe that, that uh, Moses and Elijah were supposed to show up right, prior to the Messiah, right? They're some of the two, two top folk who, who they believe hadn't died, uh, right? Elijah got like a chariot ride and they never found Moses' grave, so they're just like, I think he's still out there. And uh, and so so you sort of get this interesting uh, thing happening there, uh, and uh, and both Moses and Elijah also experience these uh, theophany moments, right, uh, on a mountain with a cloud and a voice from God, right. And so there's a lot of kind of this going on. Like you could preach like sermons on all the all the like layers of stuff kind of happening here. And so this whole scene is kind of a call back to Mount Sinai, uh, where God met with his, uh, his people, made a covenant with his people. Uh, back to that text in Exodus 33, Moses says, show me your glory, I pray. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you the name of the Lord. So see if you can like pick out the crossovers. Right? He said, you cannot see my face, for no one sees me lives. See, there's a place behind me. You shall stand on the rock and my glory pass by and I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. You know, and so you get this like crazy moment with Moses and the Lord and God's like, all right, I'm going to pass by and declare my name. You see my glory, like good prayer, Moses. And so God's like, all right, all right, don't look, don't look. You can look, you can look. I'm the Lord, you know, and uh, you get this sort of like Weird moment here with with Moses and and God on the mountain showing him his his glory. Right? We just think about it, uh, you know. And so fast forward and here in here in Matthew, we get this epic moment on Mount Sinai. We get this metamorphosis, literally, is the Greek word. It's like transformation of, of Christ, this theophany, God before us, right? Um, and so now, like the whole the whole thing is like changing. Before we were just getting like missed in with the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Before we were getting this like a little bit of spray. Are you with me? But but now it's like we're getting wet. You know? It's like it's like now we're just like in. Are you with me? Put the glass away. It's like it's like before we're like oh this is oh and now it's like oh my gosh the Lord you know. Before it was like this, like epiphany. Now it's like this theophany, right? It's like it's like God's there, right? And we're just getting soaking wet in His presence. You guys are okay. I'm out. Okay. Yeah, that's all I have. <laughs> I mean, the disciples are in the the deep end of the pool here. Are you with me? You get this. Uh, you get this moment with the post uh, resurrected Jesus. Pre-resurrection, it like, doesn't even doesn't even make sense. And so um, we realize here that, that life is, is bigger than it seems, right? There's like this rip in the kingdom space-time continuum, right? Uh, it's like this whole thing just kind of rips open. And Peter and James and John are there, and they get like their scales removed. Are you with me? Uh, like it just falls off. They're like unplugged from the matrix. They take the blue pill or whatever. You know, it's like they're seeing life. For what it is. Are you with me? They're like getting a glimpse into ultimate reality. They're seeing things actually as they are, right? It's no longer a thin place, but it's a real place. 
uh, and they're there with God. What does it mean this morning that we live, that, that we can get invited to into this place with the presence of God? That, that we can actually be at be the spot and just rest to be in his presence. What is, what is, what is life like there? What is, what is that like? To sit, to be in a holy moment, to get washed over, to get baptized into the presence of God. What does that mean for us this morning? Is that your cry today? I love this this request here from Moses. I, I keep turning back to this. Lord, let me see your glory. Let me see your glory. How is it that you find yourself in these moments today? You ever find yourself in some thin places lately? I love this image of the cloud. Being like under the cloud of his presence. Being like rained on by his glory. And it's through our baptism in God's presence, right, that we also finally can hear this revelatory voice that says, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I will please listen to him. And so it's Transfiguration Day, and apparently it's very imperative that we know who this Jesus is, right? And so, um, but I want to back up a little bit, uh, because we skipped a section of text here, um, right? In the middle of this, the uh, epiphany in the middle is between this epiphany and this theophany between this these two moments where Peter gets this and the heaven and earth coming together, and then the transfiguration. There's all this talk about like the cross and 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 losing your life to find it. There's all this sort of like language about suffering and, and pain, right? It's like why can't we just skip over that, right? Uh, talks about this great suffering, right? Verse 21, the Son of Man must go undergo great suffering, right? Man, this, this passage right here is crazy to me. Because here's Peter again, and he's just been praised for like the proliferation of the kingdom. Like, high five, on this rock I'm going to build my church. You guys are going to bring some heaven to earth. And then like a couple verses later, like... Jesus calls Peter Satan. <laughs> like, get behind me, Satan. Right? Literally, adversary. Get on my adversary. Like, all of a sudden, uh, he's now in the way. Right? Jesus has this, like, conflict with his best friend. Are you with me? Um, like, all of a sudden, Peter's now in the way. Right? In the way of what? In the way of your suffering? In the way of your pain, Lord? Right? I'm trying to save you, Jesus. Uh, so this is not who, who they expected the Messiah to be. What I found really interesting is this is still not who we expect the Messiah to be, right? We still, like, we're still like, Jesus, please, uh, you know, all we want from Jesus is just to be delivered from our suffering, right? It's pretty safe to say, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like why TBN is still on the air, are you with me? It's like like they're still making some money. Like Jesus is the one who delivers us from our suffering, and that's that's he's our ticket, right? I'm not saying Jesus doesn't do this, right? But I am saying what Jesus says is, "Come with me, take up your cross, to lose your life, you'll find your life here to lose." You know? 
what are we, what are we doing with that? Uh, right? Uh, you get this whole language here. And so you get you get Peter's confession, you get their confession, it's Jesus or the Son of God, and then Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so he immediately like course corrects, you know. He's like, but it's not what you think it is. Right? It's going somewhere else, right? Suffering will be a part of it. And you can't escape it. Jesus says, if you want to become my disciples, this word become here is 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 like it's like making a decision, but it's not like an initial decision. It's like it's like making a decision again and again. It's like it's like continuing to make this decision to take up your cross, right? He's like, if if you are selfish with your life, you will just lose it in the end, right? But if you're giving and you're and you're loving and you're open, you you'll find life, right? And again, this is not like uh, this is not like your soul. This is not just like some spiritual thing, right? Uh, we like to put like these sort of like cosmological platitudes on all this language, right? It's like your life. It's like your flesh. It's like your breath, right? Uh, it's your life, right? You can you can live your whole 80 years, uh, right? Plugged into the matrix, right? Yeah, you can like have Cheetos and just like get your soul in the right place, right? But but maybe you're already dead at that point. Suffering is a part of everyone's story, isn't it? There's, there's no getting around it. There's no rerouting from it. There's no escaping from it. Uh, why do we suffer? Uh, right? It's essentially what led the, the, the Buddha to be the Buddha, right? You know a little bit of that story? Just listened to it a little bit recently. And uh, it's like the guy who became the Buddha, right, just was obsessed with this, uh, like, why do we suffer? And so he went, and he, he went to the wilderness, and he sat on a tree for six days, and just silently meditating on, on all of this, and, and then he came out in what they call enlightenment, and uh, about what do we do with suffering, uh, right? And as it happens, suffering, for the Buddhists have come to understand, is it's not something that we avoid. It's not something that we're like trying to get away from, uh, but it's something that we can just sit with. It's something that's just like part of our journey, right? It's almost like it gets an equal part uh, because it's it's something that's just there, right? Uh, enlightenment for the Buddhist happens as we make peace with pain, right? Not as we like overcome it or try to get over it, right? But it's, it's something that we can just say, well, this is kind of part of what it means to be human. Uh, and it's an equal member of life. I find that interesting, don't you? You can't escape it, Peter, Jesus says, right? If, if we are really going to engage in this present moment, right? If we're really going to be present here in our lives, uh, i got to tell you guys this morning, uh, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be pain, right? You guys know this, right? But there's also going to be joy and love and grace. It's all one package. And it's once you can receive that, this sounds very simple, but once you can receive that, that this is all, everything belongs, right? That's when you get invited into. That's a transfiguration on it, right? That's like that's like enlightenment. That's like everything begins to change, right? Once we can sort of like sit with this, right? When you see life as God sees it, right? Beautiful, full of light and everything, right? And so if we're going to experience true presence, being present here in this moment will also put me face-to-face -face with suffering, right? It's like water. I'm just kidding. It's like, this is also how I like 
keep you awake and like train my dogs at the same time. Just kidding. You guys didn't know what you're getting. It's like when you're in the water, you were just wet, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like you're just wet when you're in the water. Um, like this doesn't this doesn't go really well for Western culture because we just avoid pain. You know, like we're gonna like get some medicine, Tylenol, we're gonna get through this thing, uh, right? Make it go away, keep it temporary, right? Um, we, we don't do suffering well in our culture. We actually don't even do discomfort very well uh, in our culture, right? I, I mean, we, it's hard to even handle, like, the commercials on Spotify. You would think? It's just like, oh, gosh. You know, you're, like, turn it all the way down. You're like, ah. You know, Tell me when it's over. Okay, here's $7. You know, it's like, it's, it's you know, it's a real thing. Forget discomfort. We don't even handle awkwardness well. You know what I'm saying? Like, awkwardness is, like, level one suffering. Are you with me? It's it's like uh, one of one of my ultimate pet peeves is is when my neighbors won't make eye contact with me, like and, and and so like I'll see like some new neighbors just moved in the neighborhood and and I'm like driving down the street and they're like walking their dog and I'm like I'm gonna say hi, but uh, but like they won't look up, you know, it drives me insane. And so like I'll get to like where I'm like all right, it's like day three, you know, and I'm I'm driving like real slow. I'm like. <laughs> if they don't look up now, this could be crazy awkward, you know. Like, and and I'll get like real close, and I'm like this, like I'm waiting for them to look so I can turn my smile on and be like, "What up, neighbor?" You know. And like, <laughs> I'm like waiting, you know. And they're doing everything. They're like, "Walk in the door here," you know. And I was just like. Please, Lord, like, this is so, like, what is wrong with you? You know, like, look at me, you know, I'm your neighbor, you know, I want to love you like Jesus, you know, and they just, they just won't make eye contact with me, you know. Uh, it's not about introversion, it's like this fear of relationship is what I'm talking about, right? Uh, over the years, we've had several folks who actually don't come back to Kaleo anymore because they're forced into a small space with other people, and they have to talk with them, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I'm sorry, you know? Like, if you're in the back pew, there, you're there with, like, 12 other people, you know? It's, and, and what do we do with that, right? In the age of screens and texting, right, the, the discomfort only can get worse, uh, you know what I'm saying? And so, I, I, I might even venture to say this morning that the avoidance of presence Maybe it's the presence of suffering. <coughs> Could it be that the the actual avoidance of, of presence of God from another yourself is actually the presence of, of suffering? Something marinate on. And I'm not saying pain is an awesome thing. Don't get me wrong. Like. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, we don't want that, right? But it's but it's an obvious part. With Christ, uh, maybe we can move through it. And so we strive. Uh, we're wrapping this up. We, we want to we want to be transfigured, right? We want our lives to be beautiful. We want to Instagram this thing. I want this thing to look good, right? I want to be transfigurated. I want to be on a mountain too, uh, right? Be worry free. We we want we want that for everything around us, you know. Um, what does it mean this morning that the transformed life is the life of Jesus? 
And a life with Jesus is a life lived as it's meant to be lived. It's a life that is whole. There's, there's beauty in the whole package, right? A life lived as it's meant to be lived also loses its life to find it. And so this cloud covers this holy mountain. And it's interesting, this time we actually get to see the face of the Lord. It changes. Pretty cool. But even amidst his glory, there's like this eerie parallel to the crucifixion. Right? Here Jesus' clothes shine with the glory of God. At the crucifixion, you get the soldiers and they're like gambling over his clothes. Right? The transfiguration, Jesus is surrounded by Moses and Elijah. It's like epic. At the crucifixion, Jesus has like two criminals on both sides. The transfiguration, a voice from the Father comes down, and he's like, this is God. At the uh, crucifixion, they put a sign above his head that says, this guy thought he was God. You get this crazy moment where you're like, the transfigurated Christ it's the Christ crucified. Who is this Jesus? Who do you say that I am? That's what we're invited into this morning. Take up your cross and follow me. What if learning to die, this is so ironic, what if learning to die is like the only way we don't waste our lives? How does that work? It's like it's like only in our willingness to lose everything do we get to like we catch a glimpse into something real. We get splashed with water. Is it is it I mean is it any wonder that like the more we're like white knuckling life, the more it like slips through our our fingers, right? Isn't it funny? You can be you can be soaking wet, right? You can be just saturated in water, but you still can't hold it in your hand. It doesn't work that way. You just can't grab it, right? So this morning, um, what what suffering might you be avoiding this morning? What crosses maybe are you keeping at arm's length, right? This morning, could it be that that your suffering is not necessarily telling you that that you're in the wrong place, but that you're like just here? Just you're just present, you know. Something to think about this morning. Could it be that your pain means you're actually on the way into the kingdom of heaven this morning? Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, right? blessed are the hungry, blessed are the persecuted. Uh, this morning, uh, this morning, may you. Be showered in the presence of God this morning. May you live your life in thin places, seeing heaven breaking in every corner. May you seek true presence, and may it be full of joy and suffering. Because that's what it means to be present for you. May you feel the hand of the living Christ as he says to you, get up, do not be afraid.
Let's pray this one. Lord God, it's so simple, but it's just eternally difficult. We could just figure out what it means to be a people present. That we would learn to sit. That we would learn to cry out for your glory. And to be willing to receive it, even if it looks a lot different than we think it should look. What does it mean to be a people present? With joy, but also with suffering. We give you thanks this morning. We work for this Sunday. Prepare our hearts for the season of Lent. May it be about you and not about us. We give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.